Hello humans, welcome to the M Word, brought to you by Martin, that's me, and Matt, that's him, Matthew, Martin, David, <laughs> welcome, thank you, thank well, you for having me, pleasure, absolute legend, thanks for coming down, spot on, long way from Solby, <laughs> from the last, down south, passport out, <laughs> I uh, dropped, you won't have heard the intro there, I dropped a little Homer Simpson quote of, uh, we are the champions, just a little <laughs> nod to your uh, few, few uh, successes in your career. Uh, yeah. A really important question to start with, though, when you're when you notified about your MBE, do you what does the Queen drop your text? How does that all go about? Letter. Letter, right? Okay. Yeah. No, she rang up. She rang up. <laughs> I'm looking for night. How's it going, David? How's it going? Yeah. No, you just got a letter. Okay. And uh, was that at the blue? Yeah, big right. time. Yeah. And um, what'd you get? Check for a million quid. <laughs> You wouldn't be I sat wish. here if that was the no, case. <laughs> I know. But, um, what, yeah, you, you just, uh, you get a medal, obviously. I don't when know. You're there. I don't, yeah, I've you get not a, had many, to be honest. Yeah, so. No, you get a medal. Right. Um, and then you get, like, a load of different things where you're entitled to get married in St. Paul's Cathedral if you ever want to get married. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, right. Just little things like that. Right. You, can, you can go there and get married. And um, there's a couple of other things as well that, you know, wouldn't make any difference to right. me, but I take you up the metal out at home. Yeah, it's not yeah, one thrown in the attic. No, it's not in the attic. That one. That's right. on actually where you come in the house. I've got it in picture of me getting getting it off the queen. And she was doing it. Right. Okay. She was the one that was presenting them out that day, which was even better. Right. You know. And it's I'm done the not same. Not saying that Charles would be crap or William, <laughs> but it's better getting the getting the yeah, real it's one. All queenie. It? Yeah. Uh, thanks for the text, uh, Queenie. So yeah. Uh, so no, is it? I'm not big into all that type of thing, really, but <clears throat> me and my mum and the missus went down just before we had any kids, um, and we had a right, real good time, you know, in... in so done in Buckingham Palace, I see. Yeah, yeah, so I went off for about four hours or so like that in the morning, and they tell you what you have to do, and... Um, no, yeah. F, no F-bombing the Queen and it was like hard. It was hard work because they show you videos and you've got to like, you're not allowed to turn your back. You've got to walk oh, in right. and do like three steps forward and okay. then yeah. walk back. I nearly spun around. It's like you're that, you're that woman panicking yeah, and that. Sure, yeah. um, but it was real and you're told nice. To turn up, I assume you're, you're told to turn up in shirts and things like that? Is that all part of the... Oh yeah, you've got a yeah, yeah, full-on yeah, yeah. um, penguin suit and stuff right, on okay. and hat and all that. No, but it was... What'd she say to you? Just congratulations. She, she knew... Right. The weird thing is, and like, it blew me away a bit. She knew that I rode off-road motorbikes. Okay. She was like, "Oh, she ride off-road yeah. bikes, don't you?" And I thought she would do uh, like the TT. Okay. Being right. from the Isle of Man, yeah, yeah, right. so she was clued up. And yeah, yeah. you've got, I think, she had eighty something people that day. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, for different things for OBs, MBs. It's good then. Like, yeah. So she obviously, unless she had a little little mic in somewhere, I don't know, <laughs> but. She knew exactly what you were there for, yeah, and right. um, she said something about like William and Harry, obviously like off-road bikes and the yeah. motorbikes and stuff. So it was it was good. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, that personal personal yeah, element. Yeah, rather it. than just saying there you go, it mm, was nice, on. and yeah. and it, it took a while to sink in. To be honest, like people asking us, so it was bloody special. Yeah. You know, real. I don't. I didn't think it would affect me, or wasn't that sort of. I was obviously made up that I'd got it. In a, in a strange way, but it was, yeah. Do you think, like, just, and we were just chatting before we came on air, there was, I was mentioned about 
seeing a clip on Trans World Sport, and, I'm, and maybe as guilty as many others that perhaps, I mean, I'm, Enduro is not something that's really been on my radar, and I wouldn't, uh, although I know your name and yeah. know your achievements, when you actually study it, and I've, I've tried to do that as part of this research and part of this podcast, is to talk about more of that. Uh, do you feel like there's maybe some recognition that maybe because the sport doesn't get the coverage it probably deserves, and, yeah. and more, more importantly, what you achieved? Yeah, for sure. So but that was a recognition. But I never, that. yeah, and like I think a big part of it, you know, there's been a few British world champions. Um, I went to America and raced and won there, which was probably tougher than than winning the world championship at the time. It probably still is now, to be fair. But the big one that I I won and. I think it's 113 years this year would have been the six Angel. It's been held in the Isle of Man three times. So that's okay. like that's like the Olympics. So your British team, your American team, your Italian team, okay. French. So that that the first one of them was like 19, 1908 or nineteen ten yeah. or something. So yeah, I call it again. Maybe using a golf analogy. You race an like individual as well, but your okay. team like it, it's yeah. So it's exactly the same as the Olympics. So. The okay. ISDT, it used to be called International Six Day Trial. Right. Um, it was first held in Cumbria, the first oh, one. Okay. So it was started in Britain. Not one British rider has ever won it up until me. Right. Um, people have led it. You know, I think a couple have won the class. You know, so like, depending what size bike. But 2005, it was in Slovakia. Um, I nearly won it the year before. But I mean, bike stopped on one of the stages and it cost me about a minute and I lost it by about six seconds or right, something. Okay. So that year after, 05, the first time I won the world championship that year, um, I won the six day overall, right, right? And, you know, there's been a couple of British riders since me now that are winning the world championship and that, but they still haven't won the six day. Right. They all went there last year, guns blazing to win it. And, and it's a tough race to win because you've, World Championship, it's normally, yeah, all Europeans. You get the odd American now and then and stuff, but you never get all the top Americans and all the top Aussies in it. Yeah. Um, sometimes more Aussies have done it than Americans, um, but at the sixth day, it's always a little bit faster race, so it suits the Yanks and the Aussies really well. Okay. So it's a bloody tough race to win. Um why so faster? What makes it faster? In just system? not as technical because okay. you've got all abilities because you've got club teams as well. Okay. It's like my uncle, he's 60 odd, lives in Andrews. He's done it probably four or five times now in the last four or five years. Right. So you, you, it's good because you get your Joe Bloggs riding who's always dreamed of doing it. Yeah, like yeah. I'm wanting to do the Dakar. It's a lot of people want to do the six day enduro. So when I won that, I should have won it more than once. I should have went and did it again. But once I'd sort of won it, that was that box ticked, okay. if you know. And it, it's a long event. It's always at the end of the year. And are you riding um, for GB in that event or riding? Yeah, yeah British okay. team. But I have done it. Me and my brother and another lad did it for an Isle of Man club team in France in 2001. And we were leading that. And then I crashed out and broke my ankle. Oh, yeah. And then the other guy got disqualified because he put a different, he changed tyre, but he put one on without an e-mark on road legal it's exactly the same tire but right. you just made a mess yeah, right. and then so it's only my brother that finished right. so yeah so you can have but majority of the time it's like the cyclists from here they only ride for for the british yeah, yeah, team yeah. in the you yeah. know in the olympics whatever yeah, so yeah. yeah so you do you call that consider that your biggest achievement do you think you yeah i reckon that's the biggest 
sort of yeah it would be because it's the pressure in that event six days long and um it's easy to make how long are you on the bike for in the day in each of those days seven eight hours so is that why um, your arms are the size of trunk tree trunks (laughs) they probably used to be bigger than that but nah just what was training training for you just riding the bike that that was the main thing like everyone gets carried away with uh especially now gym cycling Mm -hmm. that and back probably oh four oh five i did a bit of gym stuff in the winter just because like the weather now i'd be out in this normally but i was just right just finished the season um and i just got in the gym and did something different a little bit but it never really i never noticed i I just rode so often every day and and just enjoyed it just went oh got on the bike today and at that age you sort of like i'd be mid-20s then i just wanted to ride my bike and it was easy to do it over here back then you know you didn't get any grief there was no mobile phones and internet and that you just went out and rode your bike and did what you could um well maybe before we dig into the background of uh how you started in in endure just you mentioned dakar there when we were chatting and that's uh something you're looking at to do early next year so again an event i you know i know of i've heard of it don't know a lot about it been watching some footage of it and it looked you know the, the footage mm. when you look at the footage of the tt and those high cameras following rise and you're yeah. like, kind of blown away for watching that footage it was similar yeah you're just like just blown away with the, with the thing so has this been a sort of long-term plan to do it yeah um i went when i was factory ktm i think the first time i went testing was probably oh seven oh eight i'd guess i think i was racing in america so i went out to tunisia morocco testing with the factory KTM team um, one of their top guys the first time I went got injured so they asked me to ride to take his place this was you're talking this was like mid-November shakedown before the bikes went um, and I was like I really want to do it but I want to do it properly I didn't have a clue with all the road book and stuff so I was like no I turned yeah it's on the tank you kind of do road booking yeah yeah, Yeah. there's a million things going on on the things so I was like they said oh yeah we'll teach you all that and I'm like I'm a month away from and and at that time it was was that the last time they had it through Africa which was bummy dangerous as well and I was like and at that time as well I was racing all the indoor events so I'd miss them and that was a world championship the American championship so I was happy with what I was doing I was like do I really need to do this straight like that? Mm. So I was thinking, right, I'll do it in a couple of years. So then I went testing again, I think a couple of years after that. Did real good again. Like They were like, oh, we, we want you to ride and stuff. Um, and I said, right, I'm just on a, another, another couple of years of World Championship, then I'm going to do Dakar. Mm. And there was more older guys back then. It was all the people that had sort of finished World Championship um, and then gone to that, where now there's a lot of young guys. Okay going straight into it um so i just missed missed it really i was like i was busy and happy with what i was doing world championship indoors stuff like that um, i'm doing all right at it. <laughs> and i could train for it you know the big thing with dakar is training right. you know like in the isle of man you're not ideal yeah, yeah, yeah. um to do long distance events at yeah so maybe book. give a summary of what goes on for those that don't know the dakar so basically you get like so now Paris Dakar originally yeah so, so Paris to Dakar yeah yeah which is right down gone. in Africa yeah. and then it started sometimes in Portugal and it started in Spain um then it moved to South America I would say oh eight oh eight oh eight oh nine yeah. yeah 
So it moved to South America and it went Chile, Argentina. Um, How many days is it? Two weeks. Okay. I think it used to be. I think it used to be like near on a month back years ago. Is that and is that you've got to get from A to B every day, or is it? Yeah, they have stages. The line and... No, every day. So you've got stages. So you might have a liaison section for say three hundred and fifty miles or something. So you do that. So you'll set off say first rider six in the morning maybe before um you get to the start of the stage at say 10 o'clock in the morning and then that might be 500 mile long or 400 mile mm-hmm. so then you'll go and do that as fast as you can um finish the stage and you might have another 80 mile liaison to the bivouac where they have all the service and everything right. So if you have a problem during that stage, you have to fix it. If it's a fix problem. it or you wait because you've got the trucks coming after. Okay. So the service trucks and that with, say, KTM, Honda, Yamaha, they've got their trucks with spare engines mm. and stuff on. Okay. So you, you've got to change that yourself. So they'll drop yeah. the engine in the desert for you. And <laughs> See you later. Yeah, you've got tools with you or they'll leave tools there, whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you swap it. And right. presumably that's then kind of GC based then as quick as he does every stage. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Time sort of, adds yeah. up together. Yeah. So, if the winner's like six hours or five hours on the stage, and and you know twentieth place was an hour slower, yeah, yeah. then that, that just yeah. all adds up. Yeah, um, you get people that do it Malimoto, which they do everything themselves, change all the tires at the end of the day themselves, yeah, sleep in a tent, um, which people have said it's a lot cheaper to do it that way. But I've no interest whatsoever yeah, yeah, doing yeah. it. I've I've done that. In enduros for years and um so a separate prize and, and section for that yeah but it's not no one really takes a big lot of notice off it to be honest the lad that won it um british lad a few years ago they didn't even put him on the podium mm-hmm. so you just he was well annoyed with that which you can understand yeah, you know yeah. but i want to do it properly and i want to focus on the race on riding rather than you know changing tires yeah, and fixing your own bike yeah, and, yeah. and doing that after a long day well yeah i was going to say and if you've been riding for five hours and you've got a problem with the bike that's the last thing you want to do with yeah. your arm pump and everything else is trying to fix a bike that's what costs the money is obviously your team your backup they've yeah. got trucks following you and everything so um you've got a, a truck that you can sleep in air conditioning and stuff in it so you just want to you know <laughs> i'm getting on now i'm 42 so when you're 20 you can stick with you know yeah, sleep on the floor in the yeah. desert and and but you, it's such a long event and tough event you know sleep everyone says sleep deprivations are the worst thing you know you might get a couple hours sleep in the night um it's freezing cold when you set off it at six in the morning and then it gets red hot so it's just a big massive change so because presumably as well if you if you ride for six hours during the day you carry your water somewhere on the bike as well. Or, yeah, you know, yeah, you've f- got to have so much on you, in a, okay. like a camelback, right. and then you've got another five liters under the bike, right. just in case you get lost out in the middle of the desert. You've got obviously yeah, water. Yeah, I've read stories about uh, some a group of three that got lost for five days. Well, that was um, years ago. it's funny. You they were on, British, were they? It was Maggie Thatcher's son, That's wasn't right, it? That's exactly who it was. Because yeah. me and the missus were watching the crown the other night. We've been watching that, and. Uh, and it, I said to her, I said, oh, her son did Dakar and got lost and that. And then next night, that's what was on. All right. So, right. yeah, they had all... Wife's panicking. Also, to you about being lost for seven days. No, day. I don't think she'd be worried. <laughs> <laughs> Probably glad. Yeah. How, how long goes that? Because how would you... Uh, nowadays, we get, uh, are they restricting you from what you would now have at 
as GPS. Yeah, you, to the road. But you've got trackers on, so they can see yeah, exactly can where see, you are but, now. But, that was 90s, maybe? 83, I think. Oh, yeah, well, it was Maggie, yeah. 80s, 83, I think it was on that. Only because I watched that, that the other night. Right. <laughs> I can remember. Um, the other bits I was reading, again, I, I imagine I'm going to watch more stuff because it seems to have, obviously, a lot of history as well. And there's just one guy that sprung out, a guy called Herbert Aurelio, was that how it's pronounced? Aurelio, yeah. And he's first to win he it on a bike. It. Yeah, and he was the first ever to win it in a car and, for, and a bike. He's done both. Yeah, a lot of them have. Yeah. So my old teammate, so... Oriel took over the running off it, uh, Dakar, I think. Then he got killed in a helicopter crash. That's right, yeah. 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 And then you've had my old teammate, Stefan Peter Hansel, so he's won more Dakars than anyone else. He used oh. to be teammates with me when I was a, a junior at Yamaha. Okay. Um, well, he's still winning it in the cars now, right. so he won loads on the bike, and then he switched. Um, Nanny Roma, Spanish guy, he won it on the bike. I think Nanny's won it in a car as well. Right. I so, think you found there with the Herbert was the first. Yeah. But uh, again, a story I read about him on the on the bike one that he won. He broke both his ankles the day before the last yeah, stage and wrote the last finished. stage with both an- both broken yeah. ankles. Yeah. yeah. There's been a hell of a lot of stories like that. You know. Yeah. I suppose if you've gone two weeks and you've got yeah. back then probably three weeks and you've got a day to go, you'll just yeah plow on through. You've got to having yeah. to duct tape your ankles <laughs> up or something, <laughs> jam them in your boot, and where you go, yeah. <laughs> So, so the plan is obviously trying to raise some funds for that. Yeah. Uh, what's the deadline you're looking at? We probably got to be honest. Now we've probably got with a, a week, twenty second. Uh, probably right. got another week, and it's you know I think Henke's the, the guy that runs a team um, in Holland. He drives out on about the thirtieth, and then okay. the bikes to Spain and drop everything off there, and the trucks and everything, and then they all get air freighted out to. Uh, Saudi, right? It's in Saudi now. Um, so yeah, he can bring the bike to Spain, and then when yeah. it's got to go into that, then that's cut off really because right, right. you know it's probably five eight grand to send the bike out there. Right. And, and the COVID thing, appreciate actually the actual race, everyone's well apart and whatever, but obviously, yeah. ultimately, there's people congregating in different areas. There's not a worry that there'll be a COVID issue or any of that. Kind the one of I did in Spain, um, last month, the everything was cancelled this year and then they end up having a new rally instead of Morocco in Spain, Andalusia <clears throat> so we went and did that and it was like a big bubble okay, um, what they've yeah. done in MotoGP yeah, and everything yeah. so I had two or three tests when I was in Spain um, and you just keep an eye on everyone yeah. and you just got to use your head really right. but that's one thing but then I've heard also now that there's there's been a lot of problems with the uh, French if I don't know some comic thing in France is, is said somewhere like made a joke about Allah or something like that oh, right. okay. um, so there's been a, a load of people mm. killed a load of French people killed oh, in right. Saudi okay. I heard this the other day um, so potentially if France say we're stopping everyone going there until it all calms down yeah, yeah. then that'll be the end of it yeah right so you just is this t- the first time it's in Saudi second last right. year well okay. this well, year start this year, this yeah. year was yeah. the first time yeah so I think it, it all went good you know a lot of people were a bit nervous about it I think yeah, but right. everyone I spoke to said it was really good yeah. like as far as a, as far as the train and that they said it was unbelievable yeah. um, I tell you feel you feel you're in good shape for it yeah it's not mentally difficult it's it's more mentally difficult than anything um just you, you're tired you're up so early you finish like you might finish some people if you have trouble or 
some of the slower people they might be riding for like 20 hours you know Maybe take them all day and they get there if they're doing that Mali motor class you put their own tent up sleep in that and then you might have an hour of sleep mm. you might not have any sleep mm. so that's the, the big yeah. thing that I'd imagine that as that event goes on then it's it more and more becomes about one recovery but yeah. not having an accident because the accidents must just get more and more common as you go further on yeah. more tired and make mistakes yeah of course it is and like the one in Spain um, for me it wasn't physically difficult at all you know I was pushing on and you're limited obviously especially me when I'm sort of a, a rookie um, I'm not reading the road book as quick as what you know the top guys are so I'm like taking more time to look at it mm. which it means you're not looking up do you mean yeah you and you can't go as quick okay so you know them guys will you've got boxes on with the kilometers and you, what dangers and suffering and the way the track goes so they're looking at that they're glancing at that for maybe a second and they remember the three things that are on okay. it and they keep moving right. it so okay. they know what's coming ahead where i'm like sort of one at a time still yeah you sort of i'm getting there in that rally i was sort of remembering the second one a bit and it just it's just experiences yeah. you know like everything else you do it um so but that's what i'm enjoying the most with it it's strange because mm -hmm. i thought i'll hate that navigation but it's the opposite I absolutely love it right okay something i think something different a new challenge so who does the roadmap the organizers i'll give you a roadmap. yeah it's just a big scroll what? just a oh, massive big okay. looks like a toilet roll with all okay. thing on it and you put it in the bike probably takes you five minutes to, to right. thread it all into that long right and you might have two a day right you know swap it at, yeah, mm. at a, a liaison sort of or a um stop whatever they call them forgotten what they call them now right <laughs> where you get like a, a 20 minute so sort, of sort of stop. tag out right. stop yeah everyone's yeah. got to stop for 20 minutes when they get there okay right okay um so oh, yeah interesting that road, yeah the road maps are there yeah because again you think about the speed you're moving and you just don't know what especially on no. sand you've no idea what's there no but. and you've got a you have a lot of speed zones as well so if you go through a town or a village or something okay. you might have to do 20 kilometers now and you've got a beeper on your bike um okay to warn you if you get like, like the pit lane over in the tt yeah well all factory bikes got a pit lane yeah, limiter yeah, on yeah, different yeah. speeds so they just hit the button up, 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 and off you go at that yeah, yeah. but <clears throat> we haven't so you're constantly looking i was like say you're in a 30k zone hmm. i was going like 20 22 just to keep under it because if you go over it you get like uh, you might get a two panel, minute penalty yeah, you might get a one minute penalty yeah. So you just sort of cruise along, and you—I didn't know how far to push so it. Slow as well, oh, it's terrible, it? yeah. absolutely terrible when you're going along. But you've got to watch because it beeps when you get into it, and then a little symbol comes up on your GPS because that opens when you get to waypoints. Okay. But you, you can't follow it, so that comes up. But then that might go off. Then you've got to the end of the speed zone, and if you're not looking at that right or a bit of daydreaming, you could have been out of it 10, 15 yeah. seconds, okay. and you're going along at twenty still, and you're like, oh. Then, yeah, past you. yeah, I had yeah, that yeah. happen. A woman of quad of all things, I just passed the thing, spent about an hour trying to pass him in the dust, and uh, he almost passed me back again. I was like, No way, you're getting passed again. So I just filled him in. But yeah, it's it's just all learning. I think because I've done the same thing for that many years, it's refreshing to have a bit of a change, yeah, you know. I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, well, let's go to the basics. So perhaps to provide a bit of background before we go into your how you go into the sport in, uh, if you had to describe enduro racing how would you describe that for um, a man on the street like world rally championship mm -hmm. you know 
obviously different but similar sort of thing where you've got you set off in the morning um you've got liaison sections so like through forests or whatever so you've got to get from point a to b and you might have 35 minutes to do that that liaison part so if you get to the like a checkpoint then with yellow flags so you don't go past them yellow flags until your minute so say i set off at nine o'clock from the start um i had to go in through check one at 9 35 so if i get there at 9 9 27 i've just got to sit outside them flags for three minutes um so you can like tinker with your bike or whatever clean your goggles have a drink whatever um and then when that time comes up 9 30 you go in that get your card stamped and then you might have a service area or you'll crack on and have another check then but that next check say um you've got an hour to do that one you might get into that check like 10 minutes and then there's a special test so that's like your stage in a rally you know in a car rally or even in the dakar similar thing so you'll get there they'll count you down and you go flat out through that stage as fast as you can against the clock okay so in it normally in a world enduro you've got 10 12 special stages a day um you know we might have three or four laps three different stages so um so all them times go together okay so mm. it'd be like an hour and 27 minutes or whatever the winner yeah, yeah. um 10.1 seconds or something so <laughs> it's typically how long are those events say world championship level eight hours seven okay, eight hours yeah one day events two two, two days so okay. saturday sunday okay um and like the last sort of 10 years or so now they've had a super test on the friday night as well like a prologue like a special okay, yeah. stage for like they're doing car rallying for mm-hmm. the spectators right so you do that um and just with that sort of time then is having any form of mechanical kind of a game ender or do you have time to change things or yeah or you've got no you don't have much time <clears throat> and so back in the day the liaison section part the checkpoints you'd always have like one or two really tight ones so if you get in say you're in at 10 30 and you get there at 10 31 that's 60 seconds on your time okay so yeah, so the clock starts even though you haven't started yeah. the stage yeah so you've gone through that and you're late so you've yeah. got to stay that minute late then all day so your special test time say the hour and 10 minutes whatever your test so you'll have another say throughout the day you you lose four minutes that four minutes goes on that time so yeah. that absolutely like nowadays if you lose time you're knackered yeah, okay. that's no your mistakes yeah, yeah. yeah like you might just sit there like the, in some events the times of that slack you'll sit there talking and your time's gone up and you're like ah oh, okay. and you know that happens so often where right. people are talking or messing around and they forget at the end of the day normally yeah, yeah. you know when you come yeah. in at the finish and people are messing with the bikes or whatever and then talking and then Next you go thing. in like five minutes later yeah, right. <laughs> you end up yeah. going from first to about 15. And I take it the like you say that the small time gaps now, like you think of Dakar, I don't know, but I guess yeah. I probably won by hours nowadays, or you know, certainly good chunks of time. Yeah. Well, I presume two day enduros, they're close, time's close. Yeah, yeah it can be like point one of a second, oh, point okay. yeah, right. real close. Yeah, yeah. Like even the Dakar, you know, there's there's seconds between the oh, top okay. boys you'd say now right. and you know, they're doing like four hundred K or something. Yeah. Even that one in Spain, you know. <coughs> I suppose you think about it, again, you compare it to ZT where they're racing 220 yeah, miles in seconds, aren't they? It's 
it's you know we're in the cycle and the same yeah. the big stage races isn't it yeah yeah, yeah the yeah. level's that high yeah. now and everyone and all the bikes are that similar yeah. it, do, you, do you see many traveling in large sections as like a group then of you know for the days are they all kind of just... the liaisons you might do but in the stage i think in the dakar you, in enduros you don't really because you set off you know yeah. 30 second or yeah. minute interval so everyone's that quick if someone crashes you might catch them up and get stuck behind them or pass them in the rally you, you tend to get more people all catch each mm. other up and then you'll follow each other yeah sort of ride in a group because then you're more guaranteed right because you're navigating you keep an eye on it and it's almost a spotter maybe in front of you <laughs> yeah you'll ride it yeah and yeah. if you get a bit lost like we did in spain there's like five or six offers we all like group together and then try and find the right way and run right. together. Yeah. Um, but did you get lost because all five of you were thinking, he knows where he's going, he knows where yeah, he's going, and yeah. no one knows where well, they're going. Well, actually, I was shocked myself, so I found the right way, and then I was like, I'm not quite sure, so I went back, and then I found all them other guys, and then we, we went that way, and it right. was right. right, so I should have just, when yeah, I on. trust myself, and yeah, yeah, and yeah nailed yeah. it, and yeah. I would have. that was a bad day I had, because... All them guys had caught me when I was lost. Yeah, right. So guys that were started ten minutes behind me, they all caught up. Yeah, yeah. And then they just ride around with you the rest of the day. Then, yeah, so they right. make ten minutes on you. And I think that's partly because you're quite new to that. That. Yeah, I was just, was just, I was just like, oh, I won't be able to find a way because I'm, I'm sort of novice at this. Yeah, yeah, but I had yeah. found a way. Right. You just got, I think you just got to trust your own instinct yeah, and yeah. and go with it. All right. So that's a little bit, uh, a bit, one one of. Uh, Enduro, so obviously a Manxie by, by trade. Yeah. What was your first introduction bike? Was it from through the folks or? Yeah, trials, my dad. Um, so trials over the rocks, again, time yeah. stages, but slow over, I say slow, Well, not time trials, it's how many times you put your feet down okay. or. Oh, like kickstart. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. My brother so did that twice, I never, like yeah, kickstart was ace. <laughs> um, June did that a couple of times. Um, and obviously Collie did it. Right. Um, but we, yeah, I was on a bike when I was probably two, two and a half. Right. Um, and, yeah, just loved it. Dad never got pushed into it. We just, like my brother, older brother, he he started because that's what my dad and all his mates did. Um, and then I just remember I wanted to do it, and um, and that was that. What was the scene like on the island back then? Brilliant. Yeah. You know, growing up, trials, it was a good group of people. Um, a lot more chilled out than what the motocross was, you know, a lot less. There was some motocross pair, like motocross dads, whatever you call them, that yeah. are there. Um, but trials was like, we were just left alone. Our dad was riding, so we just had to sort of do our own thing, really. And uh, yeah, I was the one that was pushing more. Right. And probably my brother when he was younger, wanting to ride. Right. You know, and your mum not mind you all on bikes. No, she rode yeah. the odd time okay, as well. She right. was, you know, only like they had a fun one end of the year, and she would have a go at that. Yeah. But um, no, just loved it. You and know, you always then competitive from as soon as you start competing, you were. I was competitive, like yeah. stupidly. And good, uh, as in that, that young age. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I was like, it let me down a lot. I was that competitive. I used oh. to get that. Getting a off. Oh yeah, massively, oh, yeah. like world's worst. Yeah. And my brother's a complete opposite. Right. Um, to understand, again, I've not been. Yeah, he was very good as well. From what yeah, Jerome was, but he was. Yeah, uh, yeah. you can see with people over the years that I've raced with, um, there might be people with a bit more talent than what you have, but they haven't got the drive. 
he was one of them mm-hmm. and I've seen loads of them and some people think that talent will get you all the way on its own but you've got to have that drive if you've got someone that's unbelievably talented and this goes for any sport you'll get it in cycling you'll get it in in football tennis if they haven't got that drive you can't give them that mm-hmm. you know they've got it or they haven't in my eyes and I always had that where do you think yours is from? my mum okay. <laughs> my dad was like my brother um, but my mum was okay, like that I was going to say why real, your brother not then yeah okay. she's real competitive um, you know and I was the same at school school sports had to win right you know everything BMX racing you still um, like that now or you're yeah. more no, you live more yeah I've mellowed now I think because right. uh, yeah you still want to yeah. you know it still pees you off when you don't win something but you, you sort of got used to it I thought I've been there done it now and um I'm doing it more for fun, but you still have your little targets, you know, and if someone that I think shouldn't beat me, beats me, then that's me. Still cranky. Up in, yeah, head's gone, and I'm right. like, out, oh, right. flat out again training, and <laughs> or if it's like a big head-to-head coming up with someone, you know, they're like, oh. Um, that's good, though, because you wouldn't have these, would you? No, and that's, uh, you know, I probably, you know, a lot of people probably got, team managers and that probably got pissed off with me with, um, you know, I did show me emotions a lot, right. massively, but I see a kid now doing that, and I think good on him because he mm. wants it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's it can be a trait, but it's also a good thing to have because mm. it, it winds me up more when you see, a, like a, a rider now or a, a kid, and you know, little kids you're not bothered so much; they're just learning yeah, and yeah. enjoying it. But you know, factory riders that are riding and like, oh, so happy day, finished fifth, and you're like, yeah, you've right. got the best team the best bike the best tools in the job you got no excuse what you're happy for finishing yeah, fifth yeah. you know you, you shouldn't be on that bike if you if you're happy with fifth you shouldn't be doing it yeah, right. and i've always been like that and <laughs> you, you get a bit sick of people but i'm like no you've got no excuse and that was a big thing for me when i went to ktm i knew i had the best team best bike and that was the last bit of link in my head okay i think that you know, I've got Did no excuse. Bring, it, bring internal pressure then. Yeah, but that was always good. I, I still okay. like pressure. Okay. Well, you don't like pressure, but you deal with it good. Well, and people some thrive, some don't. Like yeah, it. yeah. I think with me it was always good because I worked that hard. I was that worried about not winning, or I just pushed and pushed okay. and pushed and didn't even think about it. I was just like. It's interesting because we've chatted to a few sports people, and often in that situation, when they're at that stage, it's and you read books. Yeah, that's sometimes the point that breaks them because they bring that internal pressure in their mm. head. Now, yeah, I've seen now it. I've got everything, and I'm just not quite competing, so they just overanalyze everything, and yeah. then you know. You see it now with with people, you know, and they get in their head that they've got to train, they've got to do that. Oh, I've got to go in the gym for two hours, tripping every day, and and for me, that's a, you don't need to do that. If, but if if they're in that mental place where they feel they've got to do it, then they have got to do it yeah. because, you know, I had to ride my bike every day and if I didn't ride my bike, if it, say if I didn't go out one week on it or something, like, oh, I haven't ridden for like yeah, 10 years yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and you're probably better for it sometimes because yeah. it just gives you a little bit of a rest. Mm. Um, but I was like that, you yeah, know, no, sometimes. I mean, we're like just, just club cyclists, it's... Have a few days off and you kind of get in touch. Especially when you get older as yeah, well. Yeah, you get you touchy, aren't you? Yeah, you, you're like, in lockdown, I this first train I've ever done off the bike because I couldn't ride my motorbike. And I was like, you know what? 
this is brilliant because I can't go on that and no one else can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was on my e-bike, I was running. I don't think I've run since I left school. Right. And I was a good runner at school, but you get 16, you get bike and car on the road and, yeah, and, and that's it. It's quicker ways to get around. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was doing like 5K, three, four nights a week. Right. And I enjoyed it and I yeah. dropped a load of weight. Felt And when I got back on the bike, I was like, feel brand new oh, okay. I think some of that was just because I had a break yeah so, mm. yeah time for the bike well that's yeah. what again I observe of watching some of the footage that uh, I don't know if you played it Matt so I meant to say actually for yeah. people that are uh, listening on the Friday when this is out we're, it's streaming live now on Facebook so hello people uh, uh, so there's uh, on YouTube there's the, the whole, whole visual of this and a video we're just going to play now is six minutes but that's the thing that jumps out at me uh, and again I'm sure Enduro people are looking at me thinking I'm a goon but they're just the, the physical impact yeah. so to have that break from that uh, <laughs> yeah just some like, good uh, and yeah, mentally like body, as well yeah, like, like I've got a metal hip in my right leg and that's just wear and tear never okay, broke it or anything just oh, right. and the other one's getting pretty well it doesn't feel bad at the minute so just the compounding with that yeah they said it's hereditary but it, it if I hadn't raced bikes, it would have been all right still, wouldn't it? You know, so. the amount of abuse that when you look at old videos and your legs dra dragged around behind you backwards in a rut okay. and you're just pinned still, yeah, okay. you know, you, you've got to be flexible. Yeah, you've yeah. got to be um, <laughs> strong. Yeah, you yeah. know, most people wreck their knees, you know, I'm probably touch wood. I'm probably one of the only people that I know in the sport that's never had a knee injury. Right. Um, but I've had hips. So it, that's taken the stick. My knees yeah, being okay. real strong, yeah, yeah. and something's gonna give, isn't it? Yeah, you know the course, abuse yeah. you're getting. Um, that's that's sorry, and just how, how long is she typically a, a season? You know, do you get any any off time, or are we talking about that? You know, eleven yeah. months of the year. Constantly? Normally, like now, the World Championship finished last week for the lads that are doing that, and that'll start generally. That'll start March, April again. Mm. But then I was doing, I was finishing World, and then I was doing indoors. I was doing extreme endurance, yeah, which right. all through the winter. It's so I never stopped for I reckon I did about seven years, six years where I didn't stop. Yeah. You know? it's, it's, it's stress just that. Yeah. Stress, and then stress you, on your body, isn't it? Yeah, and you're doing that and the team's like wanting you to do it and you you're happy to do it because you just wanted to race. Mm. But when you look back you're like you know, I did well really, I did I think all my career from from whatever when I started professionally ninety nine to 2011 when my hip finally gave up the ghost without anything right. never had an injury right even through you know, little tiny things yeah right. little tiny things you Do know you have any really big spills that you got away with I had a few but i didn't yeah i didn't hurt myself yeah, right. um yeah you, you hit the ground for the looks of the most of most yeah most of them um when i first went from trials to enduros in like 96 97 just playing with it that's when i kept getting hurt okay. just when you're learning figuring stuff out you know figuring out the limits do you think that is yeah and you're like oh you go on a trials bike onto like a 252 stroke yamaha back then a honda and they were fast you know compared mm. to a trials bike and you're yeah, like yeah. whacking the throttle open out of the corner and then the thing will bite oh, right. <laughs> and you lie there with a collarbone sticking out oh, okay. oh. so just things like that but i was pretty lucky yeah, they did yeah. a collarbone and i did my ankle right doing stupid jumps just but that's it's all when you're young and learning yeah, mm. yeah. but really i got away Lightly, I think, with with everything. So your enduro career then uh, started, I presume, competing in the UK, got noticed. Yeah, it went, I was trials, so I rode trials all my, all my life. Um, 
96. I'd come out of the schoolboys. I'd finished second in the schoolboy British Championship a couple of times. Trials. Yeah, yeah trials. Um, my brother started Enduros. He got asked to do it at the 6th in Poland in 95. So he went and did that to make the numbers up, really, for the Manx team, for the local team. And he did the British Championship that year, which was the one below the, the main class, expert class. And he won that. <clears throat> and then he went into the main British Championship and was winning races outright, winning, you know, British Championship events. And I'm like, well, heck, I can beat him. Right. I always had in my head, because everything we'd done, I used him as my marker. Oh, right, okay. And I'd always end up beating him, because I'd just work that hard. Mm. Um, so I won British Expert Trials Championship in 96, which was massive for me. That was like, you know, for being ace. Was that all self-funded back then? Yeah, sports, yeah. Sports yeah, my dad used to come with me. Right. Yeah, I used to get a bit of help off the sports council. Right. Back then, nothing much. Like, yeah. you probably got two ferry trips or something okay, like yeah, that. Yeah. But, you know, it was all a help. Mm. Um, and then we did, um, yeah, that was 96. Then did the main class in 97, had a few top sixes, something like that. But it was a massive jump. You know, and you're hurting yourself, you're smashing bikes up, and I, I couldn't afford to do it. Mm. So, that's when you see my up there, is that because they made the courses harder or the, the engines yeah, went, or what? No, it went real tough. Like the level I was at, the British Championship, you were sort of, say, there, and then the main British Championship was a massive jump up to there. Right. So, I could do it, but I wasn't, didn't really enjoy it. It was, you know, you're having big crashes and you're like hurting yourself. and mm. And I couldn't afford to go out every day in the week. She was working. You couldn't afford to go out and smash your bike up because you were like, you know, snapping subframes off exhausts and mm. just wreck the things. So you couldn't afford to do it. And that's when June was riding for Yamaha, my brother. Um, and I borrowed his, I did a couple of events in June and did good on old scrap bikes that we had here, local stuff, some motocross. Um, and I was bloody wild, but I was yeah, right. doing good. So I went and did a British Championship in 97 on, I think it was on June's motocross bike, and I won the expert class, and the only guy that beat me in the other class with the test times was June. Right. So I would have been second in the British Championship, and that was my first proper event that I'd done. So the year after, um, 98, that was my first season in Enduro, so I set off on that, um, followed the reigning British champion on the first day and lost, got a time penalty because he wasn't going quick enough. And I thought, oh, I'll follow him, he's the best rider. And he had lost time and I lost time. Mm. And that cost me winning that event because okay. I was quickest on the stage. So after that, I was like, right, I'm just going to do my own thing. Yeah. Um, and I caught up in the championship. And then this, I think the second to last round, there was massive flash floods in Wales. Um, and I went, I'm all right, I can get away. And went through this river and drowned my bike. Okay. And the guy who had won the championship the year before, his bike got swept downstream and it took about five days, oh, found wow. it about huh. six miles downstream. Wouldn't be much use then, I imagine. There was loads, like so many people. So they scrapped that event when we got back. I got my bike going, got back. Oh, we're scrapping it because of the rain and stuff. Got on the boat and then someone called, oh, they ran another lap after you went. Because me and the old man rushed off to the boat. So we were like, they can't do that. Then Yamaha sort of said, oh, but our rider 
can, the rider can win the championship now, okay. and he couldn't if they cancelled it, so I just had to keep quiet. Went to the last event, smoked everyone, <laughs> and ended up, I think, two points off winning the championship. Oh. So that was second that year. Yeah, yeah. I won a couple of World Junior events, I went and did. Oh. And then and the World Junior, is that representing GB? That's the, you know, it's not, it's not, yeah, that's, yeah, per, yeah, that's yeah. Your, on your own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right, that's okay. just on your own. Right. So World Championship, you were there on your own and, and just doing yeah, what you yeah, can for yeah. yourself. So Do you ride under, though, like even those events and events in the UK, are you riding under the, the ACU, club here? No, ACU, which okay. is the British Federation. Because okay. there's so no Manx British, one. Okay, so you get British license, yeah. I assume. So, um, yeah, so, and then the year after, won the British Championship, so that was the first of 10 then. Right. You know, I missed it some right, years okay. with doing, I had to do Italian some years and then some clash with British back then. So right. when I could do it, I, I won 10 um, right, wow. overall and I never really got I don't think I got beaten in an event for pretty much all them years right. um, I think I won every single British Championship pretty much from 90 the end of 98 mm -hmm. to 2011 when I got right. my hip done probably right. and, wow. and you not doing them as that sponsor driven or just you choosing other commitments clash, yeah, yeah, clash with something yeah, with, yeah like um, other events on so like KTM like oh we want you to do this or you know so then there was other British extreme championships British sprint so I think I ended up with 24 all in all and like the last one probably only three years ago British extreme mm. um, so yeah just they must hate you around the British season, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, they, did. Easy, they did then uh, didn't yeah. like it. <laughs> but um, nah just and the junior world championship I got did you get on with like other like your main competitors or yeah. you you weren't one was, to no, use them good. as fuel for your own fire? Well I did use them for fuel. Right. But we always had a good British group or a few lads and still mates with them all now. Right. But we used to have a good laugh at the we used to all drive out with the vans and sleep in them. We had like mountain bikes in the back, we'd go and piss around mm. in, the, in the paddock on. Mm. It was just a real good time, you know. Um, campfires, just everyone good and that's what's missing. You yeah, go now yeah. to any event, probably, and there's no atmosphere. Right. Is that because, I use the word, it's gone more professional, but people are in these bubbles of... I think so, mobile phones. And okay, right. Everyone's just like this, aren't they? And, right. you know, we're all guilty of it, but it's just a different time now. Yeah, right. You know, that back then, you look back and you think, and then the guys before us are probably like, oh, yeah, they missed yeah, out yeah. because they were all doing all sorts of stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. but just having a, a good laugh. And that, that first, let's say that first British champ, you're still completely self-funding... Yeah, I was well. I took June, my brother's ride, because he ended up getting hurt. Okay. So I nicked his ride, <laughs> and then he he met his the one he's married to now. Um, he met his wife, uh, got a house, right. started having kids, and that. So yeah, worked out good for me really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that. I was Yamaha then, and I ended up on the factory Yamaha team. Right. Um, that early stages, just equipment they provide at the British level. Is it just here's a bike, here's something? Yeah, British. Well. To be honest, British level, I was getting, you were getting bonus money oh, and I was right, getting okay. a little bit of money right, off right. them, which is probably 10 times more than you get now. Right. You know, you, you hardly get anything for British stuff now, but, and even World Championship Juniors, I was on good money. Right, Back okay. then, right. you know, um, it, not good when you look at it, but good yeah, for what, yeah. I was getting 40 quid a week at the training centre yeah, yeah, to be yeah. a mechanic. And then you go on to like 20 grand or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. massive, you know. And you're doing what you want to do. Don't yeah. You? Mm. yeah, yeah. And they were paying your flights and stuff, so you're like, you go from from that to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Until that transition then from from British level into world, what what type of what time was that in the career? Um, so I did some junior events early, like there was one in Wales in '99 and right. stuff. Did Scotland in '98 and cleaned up. Like I think I was second overall one day of everyone. Right. Real wet and muddy, and everyone, who the hell is this this kid? Right. Um, so I, I basically went into enduros and just ended up winning pretty much straight away. Right, okay. Yeah. Is it like I say technique into Juro, is it about being smooth and consistent? Is yeah. it about hard in, soft out? What's the No what's so you've got to be well, back then I was just an absolute cannonball, oh, just okay. wild no and fear. thing. But yeah, but I had I was obviously You're obviously quick. Yeah, I had the I had the feeling and what you had to do, but it's just experience you learn. Like mm. now I would say I'm really smooth and you know, I touch wood, I tend not to crash very often. I just, um, a lot of people say, oh, you look so slow when you're riding, but you, you're carrying that yeah. a lot of speed. Okay, yeah, yeah. But you just learn, is that fine line? You know, back when you're young, you're like blowing corners yeah. out and you're losing time. If you right. went back, if you went back then now with that mindset and body yeah. and aggression with what you know now, you'd be unbelievable yeah, fast. Right. And do many people do both trials and enduro then? Do many yeah, a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the, top enduro riders or ex-trials riders and more so now with with the extreme enduro because it's perfect you know you've got a couple of lads quit trials last week top guys and I've heard they're doing extreme enduro mm. which that's more trialsy okay. on enduro bikes your hard stuff which um, I've done like the Erzberg and the okay. last man standing Hell's Gate all the, the hard yeah, enduro load of them as well, <clears> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I, I was sort of the them describe events. the difference between them and what you call what we call when we learn earlier is standard enduro yeah so back then it was all pretty much the same you know and then they started splitting off into three you end up with your indoor stuff with the stadium like okay. supercross but with logs and rocks put in a stadium okay so that's your yeah enduro cross indoor sort of stuff okay <clears throat> your classic enduro is like your car rallying in your forest and it's fast you have technical stuff and, and slow stuff trialsy stuff um, but generally it's, you know, it's a bit more faster and flowing. And then you've got your, your hard enduro, what they call now, which is your, your races are all different to Red Bull Romaniacs is like five days long, okay. um, stupidly hard. Right. Erzberg and what, the big quarry. What do you quarry, define as hard? Like pushing and shoving bikes and dragging them up hills okay, and right. sliding down on your, on your ass, oh, downhills right, okay. with your bike and stuff, oh, wow. you know, but good fun. Yeah, yeah. you know that and that's what we, that's what my fun was back when I was racing me and my mates over here used to go out and, and do that for fun right. you know oh let's see can we get up that hill or right, okay. you know like a lot of people challenge each other and oh let's go down here and see what's in the bottom or let's go up this river waterfalls and because we'd all come well, a lot of us had come from trials so we tried doing what we did okay. on the trials bikes yeah. on a, right. a motocross enduro bike which you know people are already stupid doing that and then some big events come up with big prize money on so i was like i'm gonna go and do that in the winter because i can go and win that and you win like eight thousand euros or whatever right. for winning it right okay so they were like right so i was just non-stop i was doing all this but not even thinking about it i was just loving it yeah, yeah. and i should have been getting start money but i was just like oh i'll go and do oh, yeah, that right okay and you'd like enter on wait not online yeah, and yeah. you would fax it <laughs> fax the entry off to them uh, or call right. and pay for it and then Johnny again, as your career goes on, yeah, like, yeah, kind of I was bloody stupid yeah, doing right. that. Yeah, they should have been paying some money. Um, so you mentioned earlier about 
uh, just going back to to enduro and the the, the worlds. So when you joined KTM in uh, four oh uh, four, yeah, you said that was the last link. So the year before that, I presume you were competing at world level for the Horton, maybe the year before that, all the rounds. Yeah. And was that then, were you just looking at, I, I presume you were competing with the top guys at that stage? Yeah, I you was were second, second a couple of times, actually, yeah. Every year I was second in the World Championship from my first year. Okay. Um, right. So juniors, I was second. I should have won that. I ended up trying to avoid a marshal in Italy at the first round, crashing, trying to miss him, and did my collarbone. Mm-hmm. So I missed that event, and I missed one the week after. And then we had, I think, Finland and Sweden and France. And I won all three of them every day. So again, I missed out on the junior championship by like a few points. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had another year in the juniors. And I thought I could go in that and easily win that. Because my main rival, who I was beating anyway, he moved out of that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm moving up. So Yamaha, I was riding. Then I got a deal with the Yamaha um factory team which was in Italy and I finished second in the world championship that year so that would have been 2000 I guess right. 2001 maybe it was 2001 yeah. I can't remember yeah I would say 2001 02 second again um, <coughs> 03 end up riding a four stroke Yamaha which was an absolute it was like they wanted me to do the 500 class so they made sort of their own bike because Yamaha didn't make a 500 four stroke mm. and the thing was an absolute dog. Okay. Um, so I ended up second in the world in the class, but fifth overall. Right. Bike broke down last race. I was like, fuck, I'm not riding this thing. And in Britain, I was riding a 450, how they come, pretty much a standard bike. I've still got it now at home. Um, and I was cleaning up on that. That bike was so good. And the, the bike, the Italians... The Italian rider got to ride that one and had a bad year. And I would have won, the, even riding that bike there, if you put all my times together throughout the year, I would have won the, the other the 450 World right. Championship on that bike. Right. So that really hit me hard, that. And I was like, I don't want to ride that. And then Yamaha were like, oh, well, the, the Italian team. Um Oh, we don't want you to ride for us next year. And I was their best. I was their best rider all year, anyway. Okay. Um, the reason for that was just because I don't know. I just think they politics somewhere. Yeah, but they wanted me to ride that again. I'm like, no, what no. do you want to ride that yeah, for? Yeah. Oh, we don't want you then. Okay, and I was right, like, fair yeah. enough. So then I was like, I had no ride, <clears throat> and I was like, um, I'm still second in the world championship in the class and fifth out of everyone, which was a lot of riders then. So I nearly ended up riding a Honda, and then last minute, a, a British guy, he mechanic for me a bit at Yamaha, he contacted KTM UK and put a team together. So like I was hardly getting any money, um, but what I was getting, I said, yeah, I can live off that. So we did that as a private team, private KTM team. I went okay. to the first round, like third, second, um, and just loved the bike straight away. Um, it's the massive differences between how they handle yeah big difference between that like the bike i was on the year before yeah. compared to what that ktm was um and the ktm i was on was pretty much standard how yeah. you get out of the shop right and we evolved that as the year went on you know oh, i don't like yeah. the gearbox so we change that and um put different exhaust and played with suspension so <clears throat> that was 04 end up second in the world championship 
um, signed a factory deal for the year after um, and basically just had a good winter on the factory bike did all the indoor races for them won all them okay. where were they in the world um, Spain around. and Italy really then you know um, one in America Spain Italy they were sort of separate events back then but they were just start money prize money um, 60 70,000 people in the stadiums right. massive okay. events mm-hmm. so I'd go to them and clean up earn some good money and then the world championship kicked off um in 05 and i just annihilated everyone right. and that was a start then if i don't know how i made that jump obviously some of the bike i, I got on the bike which was better You're than talking the, about experience i guess as well yeah years of experience it was better than the bike i had the year before not massively but suspension was better and um i think just everything at the same like always saying to Dougie Lampkin, who was, you know, one of the most successful child riders has been, I says, I, I just, I sort of didn't believe in myself. You know, I'm like, yeah. oh, young guy from Solby can't win that, yeah. can't win a world championship. And Dougie said, it'll just click. He said, everything will click if it does. And sure enough, the year later, I just, I couldn't do anything wrong. Right. Going to races, I was dicking around and winning. And then... My dad died, he got diagnosed with cancer before the start of the season, and then mid-season he died. Mm-hmm. So that was, that, you know, but he hit me, mm-hmm. unreal. And I had a race about four days after his funeral, World Championship, and yeah. um, I don't know, I can't even remember any off that race, yeah. but I ended up winning it. Only just, I was struggling, and yeah, and then after that, I was brand new again, right. winning everything, and... Um, and that pushed me a lot then when he was ill that pushed me on a lot to you know so I stop messing around with this now I need okay. to win this championship I won the 6A that year right. um, and then when I'd won it in 05 06 um, I seen the little weaknesses I had so I went to America at the start of 06 for a month and just trained on motocross tracks and okay. massive jumps and stuff because um, that was my, if anything, that was my little weakness. Right. Because um, I'd never done a lot of motocross. Um, came back, went to the first round, and I was like, I've won it now, no pressure. If okay. I don't win it again, I'm not sort of bothered. I've won it for my dad, and that was, yeah, right. you know, yeah. and myself. Um, and I just, unreal, faster again, won relaxed, every round. I suppose that extra yeah. relaxed, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then that's when I decided then, right, I, I think I could have gone on. I think I put pretty much would have went on from oh five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Um if I'd carried on in world championship, winning right through. Mm-hmm. But the KTM team manager, British guy at the time, Kurt Nickel, he said, Do you want to go to American race next year? Because the Finnish lad that went from World, um, who was always one of my main rivals, he went to America to race. And he wanted to come back. So they said, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah. I want oh, to go okay. and beat the Yanks. So swap. Yeah, so we went back to World. <clears throat> so they were win-win. Yeah, they had yeah. their two best riders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, um, I went to... Maybe just before we dig into America, just to go yeah. back, you mentioned about being a boy from Solby. Those sort of early career and that those then travelling around the world, how did you find that? Were you, were <laughs> you at home? Yeah, was it a ho- you know, homesick types of thing going on or yeah. just get used to it after a while? Yeah, you got used to it, but the biggest thing for me was food. 
Mm-hmm. That was fussy eater. Okay. And like the Yamaha team had a deep fat fryer put in, put in the truck okay. so they could cook chips on it. <laughs> um, I'd never had a pizza. I was oh, like, not eating. I wouldn't try anything. Okay. You know, I was like steak and chips and that was it. Okay. Um, and you always used to take the piss out of me, but that's how I was. Yeah. You know, I just grew up and I was like that from a kid. My little fella's the same now. Um, we ever don't like those next always when you're taking those steps up and first turning up to events we ever daunted by the people you're racing yeah of course you were yeah big time I don't know some people have that bravado where they're just like I think a lot of people pretend they're not yeah false but I was like and I always was with trials you know and that's what I think changed in 04 that started changing I'm like you know I've put more effort in than any of these riders and I knew I worked hard. I was on the bike all the time. I was training hard. Um, and I thought, why can't I win? It was some, like something blocking the head that, well, I can't win him. He's famous. Yeah, okay. You know, it's like going into Formula One now and Hamilton, you know, you think, oh, or like these young lads in MotoGP, oh, I can't beat Rossi. Rossi's in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's what it was like for me. And then it just flicked in the end. I was like, I'm better than all these. And I knew, like, it probably sounds cocky to say, but it was true. I got to a world championship in Durham before I'd even looked at the track. I knew I'd won it. Oh, right, okay. And like, there's not many people I don't reckon has ever done that. And I did that for like two years. Like, I just knew when I went to the race, I was like, I won this already. Uh-huh. So I knew I was better than everyone. Yeah, right. And I had everything that clicked in and um, there was nothing. an amazing place, like uh, sports-wise, to be yeah. in And I was like that in British Championship for like 10, 12 years more. Um, I just knew when I showed up that I was going to win it. And I think it's just everything piles up, you know, from riding your BMX as a kid every day. Everything Just building blocks to the Everything that I did was to to win a world championship when I was a kid. That's all I wanted to do. And trials, that's all I wanted to win. And people, teachers, oh, what do you want to do? And I'll be world champion. Right. Well, you're probably not. You're not going to and you need to do school work and that. And even when I got the Yamaha ride, people were like, oh, you're making a mistake doing that. You, you know, what if it doesn't work out? And yeah, I said, yeah. well, come back and work for me, Dad. Yeah, like yeah. I was doing before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not losing anything. I'm not. No, no. So I just, yeah. And so many people try talking you out of it. And, um, you know. And, don't chase your dream. <clears throat> you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I yeah. say it to people now, you know, if, if you can go and do it, Go and do it. If it fails, what, what yeah, have you lost? Yeah. It's worse than not doing it and looking mm. back at yeah. 55 and going... I wish I'd done yeah, that because yeah, I know out. a couple of people that have done that yeah. and it's like, it's sad. Yeah. But So you mentioned there you went to the States then. With yeah, so <clears throat> I wasn't one of them people that, oh, I need to win 10 world championships. I was like, I've done that now. I've no dispute. I'm the quickest rider. I'm the best rider yet. <clears throat> um, so let's go to America completely different events three hour races they were okay. so mass start everyone sets off dead engines you start your bike go <coughs> three hours first man to the checkered flag okay um so I, guess, I i'm gonna sound really stupid i don't mean sighting laps but is that we're talking really about back on looking at maps is there any recce's no just arrows no okay right. the only thing you could do in in america <clears throat> um you were banned from looking at the track until seven o'clock that morning, okay. and it started at twelve okay. or half twelve, something like that. So basically, we would go and look at the first mile off the track. So walk, walk the start, okay. walk the first bit, so you just knew sort of what terrain it was. Um, and then 
there was always the Yanks always put a big mud hole in somewhere. Oh, okay. You know, just because you love it and it was a good spectator spot. So we then we go and look at the mud hole and see where what lines were in it and where it was best to go. And then literally go and get your gear on. Right. Get to the start and it was massive over there. And that, that start line, is that, presumably there's waves of riders, how, how, you know, yeah. just, it just does that go on ranking? You get the front because you're a... Pro class. Right, so your okay. pro class goes first okay. and then you're... Your pro lights class are smaller bikes, right. um, and then you had your like. Do you have to fight to get on the very front row? No, no, okay. no. So we so it's long. Yeah, all so the rows are long, long. Front. Yeah, so they might have been in the pro class. There might have been twenty riders. Okay, you know, right. so they we line up. Flag goes eight. We go. You filtering into the first corner. Yeah, right. And we're off then, and right. then um, maybe twenty seconds later, the next row yeah, go, okay. right. and the lap would be generally the lap was between. 30 and 40 minutes okay. out there so you're normally five six seven laps which is good because you don't really learn the track so you don't get bored yeah okay like i was doing loads of british ones before that um and they were generally 10 minute or less laps okay so you end up going around for three hours around okay right. and six minute lap or something you get bored and you know it gets real rough and stuff so i sort of i really always loved the three hour races from when I first done them. Um, a big crowd you were saying there. Yeah, and even the British ones, but the, so I'd always done them, so I thought, right, I'd love to go to the US, because one of my first big wins I had in 98, going back to that quick, one of the top Americans come over to race in England, and he had this massive, like a GNCC, what America was running. So this guy decided, I'm gonna run one in England, Hawkstone Park. Um, he come over the top factory Suzuki rider, um, and he would he'd won it, you know. He was there. He's on a win, um, and it was a thousand quid for winning it. <clears throat> so that to me then that was like it still is, but a grand back then was like it was like winning the lottery. Mm. So I was like, I need to win that. I'm getting forty quid a week. I need to win that. <clears throat> I was out at Derby where I've been doing the practice day today. I was out there every single night until it was dark, mm. and this would have been. June, July, I think the race was August. I was down there every night getting the bike as good as I could, just lap after lap. And not even looking at a watch and thinking, how long have I done? I was just riding until yeah, I couldn't until ride I anymore. Yeah. And I turned up at this race and cleaned up, won it, and uh, beat the top yank and they were like, my hands had no skin left on them. Right. They were like red raw. And we had a British Championship the week after. Um, and I was... After that race, I'd won it, and obviously I was made up, and everyone was like, shit, who's this guy? And I was in the sea every night with my hands in the salt water oh, yeah. for an hour, yeah. just trying to heal yeah, one. Right, yeah. And I taped them up, I had some two pairs of gloves on, and I won the British Championship, but right. just, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. 98 that, and that was that was so blooming tough. But yeah, so when I went over to America, I'd gone and done one race in 01 or something like that, and did well. Um, so it was totally different. Broke my hand just before the first round in oh, 07. Right. So I ended up second in the first race, and I was like made up with that sand. Second race, I was 19th, because right. my hand, it was hard okay. grinding, it was so oh, hard. Okay. And then next race, I swapped that. I ended up riding a two-stroke. How often were they? Every couple of weeks? Every yeah, you had the first two rounds, and then within four days of each other. Okay. So one was at Daytona. Right. Um, on a Tuesday, next round was Sunday. Yeah. And are the teams like shipping you around? Are they dealing with everything? Yeah, they have the big trucks and yeah, that, and yeah, then I get a hire car yeah. or fly okay, right. between. So 
Yeah, so I went back home and I said, I want to ride a four-stroke again, like I've been on the last two years. Didn't like the two-stroke. Team sort of talked me into it, and I was like, I want to ride four-stroke. Yeah, but everyone's on two-stroke and this. It's different. And I said, I don't care. I'm quicker on it. Um, so I got on that, led the f- my first race, which was round three. Broke down. <laughs> ran out of fuel. Somewhere, there was a problem, and I ended up running out of fuel. So I got back to fourth. Yeah, I was going to say, there must be the fuel tanks must be a decent size Big to be three hours. Yeah. Dump fillers and everything. Yeah. So, There's but no that refill was, during it, though, is there? Or is yeah, it? yeah, oh, one or two. Okay. Yeah, so right. you'll, you'll, like, probably a 10, 12-litre tank in that. So we would stop normally about an hour. hour and right. Some race, if it was slower, an hour and a half, so one stop. And would that be a time to have a bit of drink as well? We literally, we were in for eight, nine seconds. Okay, right, come okay. in, dump filler, goggles off right. when I come in the goggles will be off you'd pull up mate you'd put the dump filler in I'd get the goggles off well you go you'd have a drink on your back oh, or just so knock some back. water right, in okay. right. and off you go uh, but it was good just to rest your arms like you have arm pump or yeah, something in the first yeah. hour sometimes just that 10 seconds it would just go and away you go so I would stop earlier sometimes just to get rid of that okay um, and then yeah so, so, so that was round three round three I should have won, but I think that's where everyone, because I was getting a load of stick off the Yanks. Ah, he's come over here and he's he's not winning and we're better and all this. I got to round three, my hand was pretty much better. I'd started training again. What, did you busting it? Hit it on it, smashed here, me, me little finger and me hand on a wooden post in a local event in, okay. in Balaf. Um, so I basically went... Broken. Yeah. yeah. And it took ages. That would have been good month and a half before the first round right. so around there was a gap between round two and three just gave you some healing time yeah come back on a different bike on a four stroke mm. um should have won that but anyway i knew then i could win this uh, sorry one day. <laughs> <laughs> um next round i won and then i'd won the next one and then bike would break down right. and I'd back to square one and I would win the next one, win again, and then something else would go wrong and I'd end up like fourth or fifth. Right. Just I kept having all these stupid problems. And then in the end, we changed mechanic. Um, good guy, still in touch with him now, nice lad, but he was probably too inex- inexperienced back okay, then. Right. And he worked too much like a, an American would in that, you know, worried. That's how they get trained over there. They're like, maybe too worried about all the bullshit side of it right. and not on the actual bike. Okay. So we got a Finnish lad that was factory KTM with me. He's in Europe, he come over and um, we did the last few rounds and ended up winning the championship right, in okay. the last round. Right. And then 2008. So just to go to the mechanic point then, and yeah. again, I'm sure my bike fans will be rolling their eyes, but really important key to the to success is it? Yeah, of course it is. And like I've always worked on my own bikes at home and for British stuff and everything. Um, I've had people work for me and help out and I've had some good people. But majority of the time you end up doing your own bike and I've, I've always done my own suspension for years, servicing it and stuff. And I've set up that on my own now here. Right. In lockdown, that was one of the things that, right, I'm going to do it as a business now. Okay. Um, Just to say there on that mechanic part, <clears throat> do you... Do you are there any events where you're not allowed to mess? It has to be a mechanic or... No, the other way to all enduros used to be the only person that can touch your bike is you. Mm-hmm. So change your tyres at the end of the day. That's why I didn't want to do it in Dakar again. 
So you do you do your tyres and your you know oil and that. The mechanic, the only thing they could do was refuel your bike. Right. Um, now they've changed it. The six days still like that. The the ISDE, um, but the World Championship and that everything the mechanic can work on the bike now. You've got to change your own tyres still, but they've got to. They can take the wheels and stuff out. You've got to swap your tyres. Yeah, and, and yeah, so it's a bit easy now. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so you stayed? Did you stay in America after winning it? Yeah. So I did. Getting I did a two-year deal Americans. out there. Right. So I did the indoors over there. And won it's that. All under KTM. Yeah. <clears throat> so I did the indoors over You're there. Sponsored by Red Bull at this stage. Yeah, Red Bull joined up at start of '07 mm. in America. That was what the deal was for the US. Um, so yeah, '08 um, won the championship with a few rounds left. Um, and to be honest, looking back, I wish I'd stayed there right. for a couple more years. I enjoyed it. It was good. Ace place to ride. Um, but then something was in me. I just want to go back to World Championship and win another, win a third. Right. Um, so I went back. I'd signed for BMW, um, which was a massive mistake. Why? <laughs> just the bike that they'd built. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Did you see the, it as a new challenge? Yeah, that's why I did it. Oh, right. But I was in my contract that the bike's got to be a winning bike and we've got to make it a winning bike if it isn't because the chances were it was completely new. It was different from everything else. They got me and Yuha, who was in America, and we, I swapped with them. So they got the two best riders in the world signed us up. Um, it was way better money than what KTM was, which was... Yeah, that was a bit of a reason for it, but the reason was a new challenge. Yeah, yeah. You know, I thought I can win with the KTM, and and they were turning attention to MotoGP a lot back then. So we were like, felt like second, okay, playing second fiddle to the or third fiddle to the MotoGP and the motocross. So BMW only had this enduro project, so I went there. And from the first round, we were just absolute nightmare. Right. Like finishing sixth, seventh, fighting hard to finish right. that. Um, and I ended up leaving um, halfway through the first oh, year. Right. I did a two-year deal with an option for third, I think it was. <clears throat> and I left the team. Like I said to them, listen, I'm happy to stay. I want to get this bike working. And they were like, no, we're not changing anything on it. Oh, right. um, okay. We can't change anything and all this. Um, what kind of change is that from a non-biker? What kind of things are you thinking about? That the engine spun. Do? The engine spun backwards. The swing arm pivot went through the front sprocket on the engine, so it didn't squat on the rear. So when you open the throttle, it wasn't sitting down and gripping okay. like a normal bike. Right. It was staying up or even lifting. Okay. So there was just no grip okay. on it. Right. Um, and all things that they could have changed. Um, Why were they so stubborn about doing it that way? I don't know. I think. I just the guy in charge didn't have any idea mm. off racing. Um, I went the last test. I, I went to Austria with them testing. Um, rode the bike. They'd made a load of changes, and it was still, you know, a pile of crap. Mm. And then they pulled the Kawasaki. The mechanics pulled a new Kawasaki out the back of the van. Bog standard bike, probably under five grand at the time, two thousand nine. They said, do you want to try this? Just compare it. And I said, yeah, right, I do. Jumped on that. And on a motocross track, which I would normally be in, I could probably do 20 laps around there within a second of each other. 
I was six seconds or seven seconds faster on the right. Cowie first lap and end up nine or ten quicker on it. Right. You know, this is a bike I'd never ridden in my yeah, life that yeah. you could buy from a shop for five grand yeah, and they'd yeah. put millions into this yeah, other right. bike. And I went back and I was just straight. It's got me in trouble and with them it did and it got me, it has with KTM and stuff in the past, but I know exactly what I need yeah. and I know what I want. And I says, I don't mind saying develop the bike. No, this is not possible. Um, you know, make a race version, you know, not this year, we're doomed this year anyway, yeah, just yeah. ride this bike this year and come out with a race version, like an M version, like they have with the Superbike now. Okay. Exact same. Um, no, we won't do this. And I said, I'm leaving then. Right. I've had enough. No, you can't leave. And I said, I can. <laughs> anyway, we ended up getting out the contract. They paid <coughs> the six months that I'd been there. Um, <coughs> there was a load, I got a right load of stick over it. But Did you negotiate all the deals yourself? No, I had a manager back no, then no. as well, but um, I had a clause in my contract basically saying that the bike had to be a winning yeah, bike. Okay. And because I don't mind testing, I'll do anything to make a bike yeah, yeah. win, but they didn't. <coughs> so I got a right load of abuse and there was a lot of people sticking a knife in and everything. Um, there was one rumour going around that I'd threw the bike on the side and pissed all over oh, it, right. which people still ask me that now right. um which are never not yeah. you know <clears throat> i don't know what i know where it come from and yeah it's just one of them people but um that was a massive big thing people still ask me about it now and right. i said nah i didn't but i should have <laughs> or i should have set fire to it would have been better but <clears throat> i was ill with it like i was i was probably suffering from depression then okay. Um, probably self-doubt starts to creep in as well but I'd been that on that much of a high mm. and I went and bought a Honda 450 to train on because we didn't get the bike till just before the season because we were all new and so I went and bought a bike to train on in the winter and I was probably riding better than I ever had done on that bike you know I was flying on the thing and I got on this BM and I'm like oh dear so I was the only one that questioned it and the team was like oh we didn't ride with anyone else but BMW riders so we had oh, no okay. gauge until, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like popping up a few questions. Mm, I'm way faster on me Honda. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, that's because you've been on a motocross track. And all that. I said, it shouldn't matter. KTM, I was always quicker on the enduro bike than I was on my motocross bike. So the first race, obviously, it, it, we found out yeah, that yeah, it was yeah. it wasn't the best. Um, your teammate having the same problem. Yeah, all off us. We were all down like six, sevenths, yeah, ninths, yeah, yeah. Um, and like yeah so I got my contract there was all this big storm yeah. of crap going around and I went and bought my own Kawasaki I'd ridden Conrad had one and I had this Honda and I jumped on his Cowie and I thought that's but way better enduro bike than what the Honda is um, and then there was a GNCC in America and I really liked the Cowie and I was like, right, I'm going to go to that because it was $20,000 for winning it. Right. Off Kawasaki, if you, a contingency, 10 grand for winning it, 10 grand off Cowie. So I looked at all the different ones. Honda didn't have much on. Suzuki and that weren't so good. Um, Cowie was this big 10 grand if you won on a Cowie. Yeah. So I went over, my mate bought, I got my mate to buy me a bike <laughs> in over in America. I said, can you order these bits up? I paid for it all. Got there, went out and got it built the bike, went out the next day on it for probably two hours, <clears throat> got it all dialed in, went to the race, which was a snowshoe, which 
I've had the biggest winning margin at that race right, ever okay. in GNCC, like 10 minutes. Got this cowie, went there and won, won right. 20 grand on the thing. And so that stuck a big two fingers up yeah, to a lot yeah, of people. Yeah. Um, was that off you, like your own, but you weren't part of a team? Then. No, that did everything off my own back yeah, for that. Right. Um, good mate of mine in America, um, Bart, he helped me all with it. Went in his, in his pickup truck with his trailer on. Um, a few good friends of his and people that I'd got to know come and helped. So that was that was one of my best achievements, that, mm, because we yeah, went yeah, there yeah. and just smoked everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, privateer against all mm. big factory trucks out there. And then I came back and I did a couple of British race on the Cowie in one. And then Kawasaki and Paul Bird, Birdie that runs the Superbike team, he approached me. So we ended up, he was Kawasaki back then with the World Superbikes. So we ended up doing a deal with that and I ended up winning the last World Enduro that year on the Cowie. Um, that stuck a massive two fingers yeah. up to BMW, yeah. who said I was finished and done. And, right. um, and then we had an option for Cowie the next year and then KTM approached me again and said, listen, um, willing to take you back, um, that's an offer, and it was just too good to say no. Yeah. The team was already built. It and was, yeah, I presume you know the bike, which also well, it was a new bike. Well it was right. a new bike, right, so okay. I was a bit nervous. But right, of the course, guy yeah. won that year on it, right? So I said, I've got no excuse. I'm yeah, jumping on the bike. He's just yeah. won the world championship on. Mm. I got it. Change a few things on it to suit me. The engine was a little bit too powerful for him. For him, that's how we liked it. I tamed it down a bit um, and cleaned up again right. that year. So that was 10. Yeah, yeah and then right. KTM bought a completely new bike out on an 11 fuel injected, which I didn't get on with it that good. Um, and that by that time, end of 10, my hip was getting real bad. Giving you grief. Yeah, so... so on, off the bike as well. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Right. So 2011, I did the first round, caught my leg, really hurt my hip. And I was like, I'm done. So caught your leg as in dragged it on the ground and yeah, twisted just it or whatever. It. I just caught it and pulled my leg back, right. which would never bother me. But the pain I was in, I was literally riding around in tears. Like right. I thought yeah. I fucking pulled my hip out of joint, dislocated it. And I was riding around, stamping on the foot peg and that. Um, anyway, I pulled in and I said, I can't ride tomorrow. So I'm like, I can't, I can't go on like this. Had so, you had it looked at before this point? No, I've had a couple of scans and he said, oh, there was no cartilage left okay. in it and stuff. But not nothing of anyone that was any use. Um, so I did see someone actually just before and he was some specialist and he just said, listen, if you get that operated on, you're going to have to, you probably like miss all year. So I said, I don't want to do that. Went to the first round, this happened. Flew home, um, went to Manchester got scans done on it, um, ended up putting a load of uh, cortisone injections in it, which was horrible because you've got to get it in through your hip into the joint. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I had that done and I said, right, I'm going to Portugal. I said, I've got, got to go and ride or whatever, I don't know. Couldn't find anyone who knew about the hip properly. So I went back, ended up winning. <laughs> um, had a real good ride, won that. Didn't win both days, second and first. Um, and then the team, I said, I need to go and get this hip done. Yeah, but you can win. And I was like, yeah, but I've already missed the first round. It's going to be nearly impossible to win the championship. I need to get it done now. So I went to Austria, ended up going all over the place. And then the guy who invented the operation to, 
to clean the hip up okay. to make it round because it was like an egg. Okay. And it was catching. So that's the ball. In yeah. The top so of the it. ball and socket. Right. The ball was like egg shape, and it was catching the socket yeah. and trying to dislocate it. Okay. So nice. we ended up flying around halfway around Europe looking for a surgeon. Went to the Austrian ski surgeon and that. And there was a guy working for him, an English lad, and he said, I know exactly who you need to go to. So I was like, whoa, got all the details. And he was in London. <clears throat> um, Dr. Haddad, I think his name, be on my phone still. So flew to London, seen him. He said, yeah, when do you want it to do? And I said, as soon Yesterday. as I can. Mm. So I can do it in two weeks. Mm. And it was like 10 grand each. So I was like, right. He said, you're going to be nine months right. recovery. And I said, if you get it done now, I'll be right for next year. So, and he couldn't do the two of them at the same time. He said, the close I've done them apart is like three months. He said, I'll do yours six weeks. Right. Yeah. So I got, I went home, British Championship on that weekend. Thought I'm gonna go and do that because it was still numbed. And <laughs> okay. I knew I could win that. I thought I can go there and clean up. I just won in Portugal the week before. So I went to that, had one of the best rides I've ever had in a British event. Like absolutely smoked everyone by mm -hmm. like a long way. And I felt good, and I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, but it was still hurting. Mm -hmm. And, like, I got home, and I was like, I don't know what to do. Anyway, I think, I don't know what I did, but I ended up doing something, messing around on a trials bike, and I caught my leg, mm -hmm. and it pulled Reminded it Reminded you, yeah. you needed to do it. And that was 110%, then I was like, right, yeah, yeah. I've got to do this. Yeah. Maybe the quarter zone had worn off a bit, I don't yeah. know. So... I ended up getting the op done. Um, so what do they do in the op? They basically pull your hips out of joint. Okay. They cleaned all the ball and socket up as best so as they can. Yeah. yeah, and then they microfractured all the the um, socket. So because there was no cartilage left. Okay. So they basically drill load like hundreds of holes in it, wow. and then your bone marrow goes through that and acts as a cartilage. So they did that, <clears throat> and I had no weight bearing for like a couple of months and stuff. It was a hard time because mm. I was still at the top of my game, but I was like, couldn't go anywhere. Um, so I six weeks apart, you got them done six weeks. Yeah, apart, so we got the second one done, um, and then basically just did nothing all year. Just did all the stuff that I hadn't had time to do, and got all that done. And then I came back for the last round in France, which I won the British Championship um, the week before, so I won the title because there'd been a big gap. Right. in the British Championship I think because the World Championship was on Okay. so the, that year they had a, f a couple of rounds early on and the rest later on yeah so I ended up coming back for that won that won the British Championship um, and then I went straight to France for the last World Enduro which was too soon because we walked all the special tests all week and it just knackered me it right. wore me out my hip was hurting or both hips were hurting I did the race and I just I, I, I did all right but I struggled around and I think KTM were a bit disappointed and stuff anyway come back the next year um, with KTM again on a 500 which I didn't really like the bike um, finished what did I do finish second in the world maybe my teammate was beating me on a two-stroke and ended up changing to a two-stroke for a round and won because mm -hmm. I was saying, I can't win on this bike. It's 
the sport had moved on a bit and a lot of people had gone to like two strokes again which quite lightweight and okay just um, very nimble and more yeah easy to and a lot of the events that year were quite muddy which okay. are better in the mud um so i was doing good on the 500 but i just says listen i need to i've had my hips done i need to know i can win still so i rode a two stroke in italy and won that event and rode really well and then they said oh you have to ride the 500 again next year and I said, I'm, I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. So we sort of mutually agreed that was that, parted ways. Ran my own team the following year on a Honda. And the championship was just getting worse and worse. And I got to squat. I won the last round in France. And then I got a time penalty because the, the FIM had changed the time controls because it was too hard, too tight. Mm -hmm. And I cleaned it. I went through without any penalties. And, um, and then they scrapped. So I ended up with penalties because you changed the time. He said, oh, didn't you know we changed it? I was like, no. Mm. So that was just another kick in the teeth, just them being French like yeah. normal and um, just, yeah, throwing obstacles. And I was like, I'm just blowing 250 grand this year off pretty much all my own money to run a team to win the world championship on my own bike. Um I missed half of the year because I got injured. Mm. Come back and won, and then they did that. So that's when I quit World Enduro. Right. Properly, professionally in 2013, I was like, I've had enough. I didn't quit racing. I wanted to do other stuff. Mm. Um, but I just never really got over me. Me one hip, me left hip healed quite good, and me right one never did. And it just bugged me. And, and just all them years I had without any pain or yeah, anything, yeah. I was just always in agony, and it... it it never really the right one never really still give you jib now got any better yeah well and then it started getting really bad again right. so like 2016 final shore again did the same thing in a british championship on the isle of man um had a real good first day second day just going through the woods little small crash just you know not on the not on the special test just on the course bent my leg backwards mm. and I just said I've had enough of this I can't mm. take any more pain I'm done with it all mm. so <clears throat> I said I'm getting my hip done and then same thing different surgeons and Ross Barker on the Isle of Man I know Ross um, he says of course you can race with a false hip but all the specialists in Manchester and everything mm. like oh you won't be able to race motorbikes with a, with a metal hip so Ross did a lot of research on um, which one's best for me because it's getting abused getting mm. hammered and got a stainless steel exit a hip new sort of generation this was end of 2016 um pretty much exactly four years ago now um i had it done and last week during that time when you're out do you kind of shut off from the motorsport world or are you still watching it yeah you know always. you, you, know, you yeah, can't because some people know when it happens are like you know i, I can't i'm sat yeah. there watching someone i really want to do so i'm not gonna i'm gonna shut it out for the time yeah. what you were nah, i always look at stuff yeah and uh so just i was in that way and the big effect was that the my little fella then was two probably nearly three and i couldn't play with him you go okay. and you play around on the floor mess around in the park and that and there was that much pain like again just depressed with it all and just in agony unhappy just wears you down yeah, like yeah. big time you know i was struggling a lot and i was like and then especially from the high that yeah and then the surgeon said oh um like ross said oh you know you should be good but we don't know until it's in and that and i said i don't care if i can't ride a motorbike again or 
I'll just get a trials bike or I'll do go-karting or whatever. I'll, I'll find something to do. Yeah. But I said, I can't go on like this. Mm. So we did it and it's the best thing I've ever done. Right. I feel 18 again and mm. the other one's been giving me a bit of jip right. and that was due to get done last December. Right. And then that got put off because I was anemic. Um, so I had that iron infusion okay. and stuff and then um, COVID happened okay. and that's the last I've heard of it. Right. But okay. <clears throat> I've just, you know, I've just been... Um, taking that yeah. CBD oil, okay, mm. and that's done one done wonders right, with it. Okay. So at the minute, I'm getting by all right, and yeah. I feel happy with it, and not suffering. You get the odd twinge in here and there, but um, yeah. Is there a local place that does that, the CBD? Exactly. I, I think you can. Yeah, I get yeah. I get a bit of sponsorship off a company across, right. um, and yeah. And I, I didn't. You, sometimes it's mental listening to think, is it doing anything or not? It's working, mm -hmm. And I ran out, and I did a few weeks okay. without it, and I was suffering again. Mm. So it's definitely, definitely helps, and it's good for me. And it, I just feel, you know, good with it all, really, yeah, at the right. minute, with, with what I've been doing, training, and so I feel like the best spot I've been for a long time. So on the, on the island, and I know in odd times at the moment, you have your own school then at the moment. On the yeah, mm. yeah. So yeah. But did you set that up? I've been doing it on and off for years, just built it up over the, when I had time. Yeah, okay. Um, like doing a lot of stuff with the younger lads, with the kids and that, riding. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of good lads over here, girls riding. Mm. Um, it's good, but it's just, it's so hard now. Like, it hurts that there's nowhere to go. Okay. You know, government's taken everywhere away and they're not sort of, offering anywhere else to go and you know i know some lads that are 14 15 real talented guys um and you want to do it you know they've got like me nothing else in the head but riding a motorbike yeah, when right. that when i was that age and um and it hurts when you can't you see them and you can't do it mm -hmm. so yeah that's another story you're trying to have dialogue with the government about that i have done but you just bang your head against a brick yeah. wall yeah. <laughs> basically <laughs> you know it, it it's yeah, yeah. There's, there's obviously people in there that want want to do things, but um, you know the even the forestry, it's it's hard. They're putting a lot of obstacles in the way, and um, I just think we're not liked. Right. You know, I just think that's it. at the end of the day, we're not liked, and they think we're a load of rogues. And but you're just like anyone. You want them to do carry out yeah. your dream and and yeah. do, put f mm. your ambition, fulfil it, and um, and you would think obviously with. Your your track record that yeah, there'd be more openness to it as well, wouldn't you? Because well, I know, of what, what you know, you've probably seen by a lot of them as a rebel. Oh, he's up in them forests and that over the years. And I was lucky because back then, you know, I could go and do that, and no one bothered, no yeah. one give you any grief. I was up there in my own little world every day training, and and that's what hurts now because there's lads that have got a good future and will probably end up. You know, I've seen it before. They can't do it, and they end up getting into drugs or yeah, drink, right. and yeah, yeah. and you know, maybe the the rather kids do that. I don't know, but it, it's not hard to give a bit of land and and let someone run it, or you know, just to do something to to get encourage people. Yeah. And the TTs the same. You know, you've got the biggest road race in the world over here, and where do they think all these riders come from? Mm. They come from trials, motocross. Mm. You know, kids doing that, and then oh, I want to do road racing. Um, you know your Connors, your, your Dan Neens, all them guys come through that way 
you know, a bit of trials, motocross. Mm-hmm. Um, Did racing a bike on the, not, not even a road or on track <laughs> racing, that ever cross your mind at any stage? Yeah, I always wanted to do the TJ right. since I was a kid. Oh, right, okay. Um, but luckily I was good at this, so it kept oh. me away from it. That's probably <laughs> why I'm still alive. <laughs> but yeah, I always wanted to. TD was obviously a massive, big part of my childhood, like any kid over here, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, you count down the days, the TD finishes, and you're like counting down the yeah, days to the again. banks. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the banks would finish, and you're like, oh, it's not long to the TD yeah. again. And well, me and all my mates were like that, yeah, right. you know. Um, you have done laps in like mm-hmm. during race. Closed roads, yeah, I've done some parades, yeah. Brilliant, loved it. Yeah, right. um, and I still would love to do it, but I said about the Dakar, the same thing. You know, I've got kids now and that, and it's yeah, dangerous, yeah. but I've sort of cut my teeth off road yeah. all my life, you know, so I sort of know what I'm doing with the road racing. You start again. Yeah, yeah. I've done a bit. I've done a bit of racing and stuff like close um, circuit type of stuff yeah I did Le Mans 24 hours with McGuinness and Connor and Mercer a few years ago and um, so I sort of went that way rather than the TT because it's slippery slope (laughs) you know you get to the TT and you can't get away from it Um, how'd you find Le Mans brilliant yeah that was that was really good and just totally new experience again but at the time that's before I had my hip fixed and I was just that afraid of crashing because I was in pain okay. on the bike stuck and I just thought, you know what, if I come off here, I'm just going to be like a glass bottle getting smashed yeah, over okay. the floor. I'm just going to shatter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was good up until, you know, I was a couple of seconds off the pace and I felt happy at that. It's when you had to push to yeah, that last yeah. couple of seconds. That's yeah. when it was getting, you know, I was like, I'm not prepared to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for a bit of fun and help these guys what out bike a little were you bit. riding that? Honda Fireblade. Oh, okay. Super stock bike, so... So you've all got the same bike, haven't you? So you've yeah. kind of got, a bit, got to adapt the bike. Yeah, we're all on the same one. Everyone kind of compromises yeah. a little bit on their riding. Yeah, and it's because it's a long event. It suits me because you do an hour stint and them boys like, oh, get off after an hour. And I was like, oh, brilliant, Just go out going. again. Yeah, yeah. And you go out, yeah, go out and do another. And you're like, see, wired up properly. But right, right. it's yeah. so easy, not easy as in going you've fast. 15, but 20 years, haven't you? Long. It's, it's, yeah, it's easy physically compared to yeah, of course. what i off road. Of, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, no, but yeah, so the TD, you know, Could you see where do they think? Like, cla- cla- like maybe classic racing where it's in the Manx. Yeah, really I'd, like doing, I'd like doing some British endurance stuff right. or something maybe. Right. But um, yeah, but not saying, yeah, the, the, these young kids that are coming up through, you know, some stay at trials, some move to enduros like I did. Yeah. Some will do motocross, some will go to road race and short circuit, some will go to the TT. So they're the, so important for yeah, it's the base. to grow. Yeah, yeah. And the big problem over here, which I'm trying to sort something now, is to get, you know, little kids going on the bikes. Little, You don't need much land, a little bit, just to get them on the little PWs, quads, electric bikes, um, and get the little kids going because... What winds me up the most is when you go on the start line at the TT and all these MHKs are there that are shooting everything down. Oh, you can't have that. Let's stop these bikes. Mm. And they're all there on the big three jolly on the start line. Yeah, so yeah. that winds me up and there's a, there's a lot of them. There's obviously a few good ones still, but not many. Most of them are just a waste of space. But yeah. I know. <laughs> like giving them a bit of abuse. <laughs> <laughs> abuse away. Yeah. So uh, just a couple of various other things to pick up. So one of the articles I was reading, and only because I know the, know the lad, so back in 2010 when you won the Worlds, it mentions about 
uh, just in the reference I was reading about Alex Rockwell. Yeah. Now I know Rocky just threw him. Well, we know Rocky mm-hmm. through biking. Yeah. So was he? I know he never pursued it in the end, but was he? When you look at youngsters coming up. Yeah, Rocky was. He was becoming real good motocross rider. Um, it's a full package that you need, and he was again. He was so good at the motocross, and um, the, actually, I remember a race he did at Mallory Park. Um, Zach Osborne, who's just won, uh, he's been riding around for years. Zach rode GPs, went back to the US. He's American. He's just won, actually won the American Motocross oh, Championship. Right. Okay. Um, well, I remember Rocky beating him right. at that track, and Zach was on a fact like semi factory team back then. Rocky was on his own bike. Yeah, right. um, he was bloody talented and good, but maybe a bit soft in the head. Right. Okay. You know, let pressure get to him a bit and. Um, there were some other lads, and he sort of mess around with his with his confidence in his yeah, head. Okay, but he was good in enduro as well. But he's just struggled a little bit on the on the technical stuff, the yeah, trials right. stuff. But I think we had the right person behind him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have him the focus. pushed on. Yeah, yeah but right. it's all a lot of mind games and stuff goes on. And well, you um, talked about that early on at the start when you said you were so driven about yeah, that. Yeah, but like Rocky, was an, he doubt. sort of he had his own. Mm-hmm weird way of doing things which works for him obviously Um, and with the cycling you see the commitment he has now on that you know so he's definitely he's got the drive he's got a hell of a lot of drive and you see it now with that he's really going well and he's determined to get to the next level with it which is good so um, it's good when you see that happen as well you know a lot of these people um, are not necessarily good at one thing they're good at a few yeah, yeah. I hate it's when you put but it's when you put your mind <laughs> yeah, to it of course, that's yeah, a big yeah. part of it I think you've got to be half handy at what you're going to have a go at but if you've got the, the determination and drive to do it like you know Rocky go out six in the morning and yeah, do 100 yeah, miles or something yeah. daft mm-hmm. um, you've obviously got a want and a will there to yeah, do it yeah. and obviously his missus as well yeah. you know Megan and he's got a, a, you know kids and stuff yeah. it's hard to do that so it's having that whole package that, that you know I see now I've got three kids and it's it's hard to you know it's hard to go and do to be selfish like I used to be right I'm going out on a bike now yeah right yeah you know yeah. as the older you get you you know life gets in the way sort of yeah, thing but yeah. I'm happy where I'm at it's it's a good place to be you know yeah. um, do what I can so a couple of other then you're not Manx coin yeah. On a Manx coin. Yeah. So what year was that? Fifty P. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um that was about I think that was around oh six, oh seven. Okay, right. When I was fast. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um I remember that, yeah. Probably about I would say it was about oh six, oh seven that would have right. come out. I think uh, Dot was quite well responsible for that. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Fellow M B E Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good head Dot. Yeah, yeah, no, we love Dot. Uh, that was it I think I don't know do you have any questions Matt thanks for coming in yeah well I've got one oh, right, one, yeah. one that's come in from a, I'm going to hopefully say Ed, Ed Troop hope your name sorry if it's not um, he's asked how big was your rivalry with you in and um, was it a bit of fun or was it, or was it serious Ed went to school with <laughs> he was at school at the grammar school with me and Ewan. Um since we were kids on BMXs I remember doing like trials on our on our push bikes, and um, if June did something and I couldn't do it, it would absolutely eat at me, and I'd I'd 
he'd go out with his mates or whatever and I'd go straight back down there and do it and do it until I could and then we'd have another sort of I was in a mates and so we'll be doing these little trials and that went on all the way through so I used him first I used my dad once I started beating him I was like right June's, yeah there was some couple of lads between um, and I was like right we've got to beat him now he's finishing third and I'm finishing fourth or fifth so we've got so beat him and then June was the next target um, I don't think June minded so much you know he, he's that laid back he's upside down um, but I'm sure it did wind him up sometimes more than he let on yeah. um, but I was just driven yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and I would if he did three hours a week I'd go and do 20 hours a week okay. yeah. you know and that's how I've always been right through and then that same so that was probably a good thing for me to learn because that's what I did with rivals as he got up the ladder world championship right I've done it before I've done this with my brother yeah, yeah. so I can do it with him he's yeah, no right. different yeah, if he's yeah. riding 20 hours a week I'll do 50 hours a week and that that's how it was you know and, yeah. and that's the only way to you know to young lads and that listening and no matter what sport you're doing that's the only way that you can um, be successful is, is hard work it, it, there's no shortcut yeah. sacrifices you've got to, I've missed out on a lot of things but I've also been bloody lucky to to do the things that I have so um yeah it's just no unfortunately there's no shortcut to it and uh well for those obviously that's why watching now or on youtube the 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 trophy there that's from the 07 world championship <coughs> trophy 06 that one 06 sorry um, yeah so i remember the last race was in france right um, real wet race and that's where i got that so that was that was 07 yeah. uh 06 sorry um <laughs> Yes, that's a little bit of character in it. Yeah, it's a bit of weight in it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah, I thought I'd just bring that. For yeah, no, it's lovely. Thanks for bringing it down. Mm. Like I say, thanks for coming down. Really, yeah, spot on. Thanks yeah, for having us. No, really, uh, really not. Nice Waffle on a bit, but no, yeah. no, that's what all pods are about. So, no, so good crack. No, spot on. Uh, do you want to check us out? Matt? Yeah, do the usual. So, whoever you're listening or watching today, please like, subscribe, share, and leave those five star reviews. Pretty please. Um, Facebook, we are the M Word Podcast. Twitter, Manx Sports Pod Number One, and on Twitter we are uh, Instagram. We're Insta. the yeah. Sorry, I always forget the cool name for it. The M Word IOM. Wonderful. Thanks, David. Thanks for coming. Spot down. on. Thank you. It's word out from on. Word out from Matt. <laughs>